to a house show. Well, it's a house show. Where's um, Paul White been? Doesn't he get paid by AEW? I think he's still a dark in elevation. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> watched, those, have, I haven't watched those in, in a while. So. Might have the easiest paycheck in all of wrestling. Show up as Captain Insano or... Oh yeah, he was oh, Captain Insano right, that one yeah. time. That one week. I did not see that, but I did hear about it. I had to ask you, you said, Captain Insano, and I said, who's Captain Insano? Yeah. And you reminded me that it's from a Happy Madison movie. I mean, I totally did a Billy Madison, the Billy Madison song, the mm. back to school song at work the other day, and I had two people just staring at me like I was crazy, because they had no clue what Billy Madison was. But they're 20 years old, so what do you expect? Yeah, when uh, Barbara Walters passed away on New Year's Eve, I said that at work, too. Of, or maybe it was, was it New Year's Eve that she passed? Yeah. Yeah. And I had said something at work of, oh, Barbara Walters passed away. And somebody said, Who's, Who's that? that? Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck up. You're not that young. <laughs> I <Right>? mean, <laughs> had she been on, she probably hadn't been on television in a long time, right? Doesn't matter. They got parents. They should know better. That's right. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about stupid young people. No. We're here to talk about eh, really whatever we want to, yeah. but we had a we had a few ideas for stuff to talk about. I, I, do we want to start good, bad, ugly? Um, your choice. That's right. Your choice. Let's see, it's Matt's choice. Well, let's start ugly because okay. that way maybe we can end on a on a good note. <laughs> so, Vic uh, McMahon. There's an ugly guy. He's a. Uh, <laughs> Back on the board of directors of WWE to yeah. possibly sell the company. Which we've all assumed that they've been setting it up to sell for. I mean, that is what we thought that they were doing. The last doing. few years. But when he went under investigation, which technically I don't know if that investigation ever was completely finished. No, because as far as I knew, I remember like a month ago, new... New information new is information still coming out. And yeah. new people. And... It's probably just something they have to say. And they're like, all right, get out of here for a while. But I know the guy that was in charge... Just got canned. ...was one of out. the board members that was removed. So that the... So Vince and his two cronies could rejoin the board. And the two cronies he brought with him, I believe, were... Uh, they were... Let go whenever uh, Nick Khan was brought in. Correct. Because they were former co-presidents of... The presidents of something, and when Nick Khan came in, Nick Khan basically took over their jobs. Yeah, but he was basically everyone assumes he was brought in to set the thing up for sale, which is a lot to do with all the cuts and stuff over exactly. a handful of years. But with him coming back, what what are your general feelings about? I mean, if anybody has you know, well, well, no matter what the guy did, it's his it's his company, and when. He's such a petty son of a bitch that uh, if the thing's going to sell, he's going to be the guy to sell it. So that's what he's here to do. Yeah. And uh, love it or hate it, uh, like, can you blame him? I mean, he is, he is uh, you know, basically Donald Trump. Like, he's, the, he's, the, he's got the same mindset as far as, like, uh, you know, full of himself and uh, it's his way or the highway. Um, you know, he's, he's just, uh, the cable television, Donald Trump. 
he's been, he's been killing it on cable for for uh, decades, and uh, he's not going to let somebody else sell this thing. Yeah, um, I still don't know what to think of it. I I mean, if it sells, it sells. Yeah, I think well, the question is, is who is it going to sell to? Yeah. Um, and are they going to care enough to keep it going, or are they going to just shut it down? Or is he going to sell it with the caveat that he has to be in charge? Because there's a lot there's a lot of talk that that is... Because, I mean, that's what Dana White did with UFC. He sold it with the caveat that he was still in charge. Um, Vince, I mean... I've read the reports are basically it would take seven billion dollars. No one's to, paying that to buy all of the uh, stock to turn the company back to private, meaning it wouldn't oh, be on yeah. the publicly traded mm-hmm. anymore. Which is probably chump change for the Saudis. Yeah, which I think is what most people think probably the most likely it's Saudi it's basically Saudi Arabia NBC or Amazon probably are like the three things those are like the three options really no one else I think Netflix is in there as well but I don't know Netflix maybe Elon Musk is gonna throw a few more billion dollars at something that probably yeah he wants to I think that those three like NBC (laughs) has already been you know they have the network already and everything exactly um like Amazon obviously there's tons of money there then Saudi Arabia but like Disney wouldn't touch this with a fucking 10-foot pole. Disney has too many issues already with other things that... Yeah, and also, like, something like, that they probably need no to No one's gonna... Like, The Undertaker's last ride fucking, you know, at Disney World is never gonna be a thing. There's no, there's nothing for them to mine from this. It does not really fit the mold or make the kind of, uh, you know, I do revenue. I like your mind went with that, though. It doesn't, Undertaker's <laughs> last ride ride would be kind of cool. It doesn't print money the way that, like, Star Wars does. You can make as many bad Star Wars movies as you want, and uh, it'll still print money. I have friends that thought that the last one was good, uh, but, so, you know. That's, that's a... But they're not, process. but, yeah, but they're, but they're the kind of people that don't really watch movies either. They're just like, oh, it's a new Star Wars. I just assume it's good. Uh, I guess they didn't really think about it, but... That's proof that it doesn't have to be good for it, it to make money. I mean, I guess until there is a sell, and I, I feel like the probably the rehiring of people will probably be shut down, most likely, um, and possibly even people are let go again. Yay, budget cuts. Yeah. Because if they're going to sell, they're going to try and make their numbers look as good as possible, which means getting rid of people. Obviously, we're gonna bring Goldberg back for a full-time contract because that'll add an extra five hundred million to the sale purchase. <laughs> sure, as you know, sure that they love those old timers. But I supposedly we're gonna say supposedly because in the meeting that they had, they said that Vince will not have anything to do with the day-to-day running of WWE at this point. Yeah. Triple H still has control over creative. Stephanie's Stephanie's still the CEO as far as I as I know. You know what I think they will do? I think that uh, you will be seeing as much like Austin and Rock and like Cena and things as they possibly can shove on to television while they're trying to get this sale on because those things people people tune in for uh, tune in for those guys. So I think that 
sprinkling them into uh, events will be more common than just a like WrestleMania, uh, potentially. That's like it seems it makes it makes sense on paper. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of really all there is right now about it. But I just, you know, it's an interesting topic to at least think about, basically. It'll be interesting to see what happens, for sure. I mean, we've been talking about potential sales since we started this show. That's true. That's true. Because they've been cutting people left and right about every six months since we started the show. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there goes another 15, you know, 10 or 15 guys at a time, guys and gals, that is, but, um, you know. He's going to bring back Eva Marie. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I mean, if he's just setting it up for, uh, I guess, it'll, as long as he's not getting back into creative, it's probably a good I thing. <laughs> I mean, that's. I think that is the immediate concern of most people. Yeah, that was my initial, like, great. Everything that we've been waiting to see what's going to happen over the last six months is immediately going to be killed because Vince is coming back and not going to like this or want to have a say in that. I mean, I literally made the joke that, because, like, Jonah just showed up on WWE, mm-hmm. but his former group over in New Japan just has a, has a new leader. And I was like... Oh, I guess we'll, that group will now have a civil war because he's going to come back, you yeah. know, like, you know, that kind of thing. But hopefully, you know, we want the best yeah. for I don't want my everybody own. in the company because obviously, here's my biggest concern is like they are building up, and we'll, this kind of transitions into what we think of 2022, kind of thinking back on what it was. Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. They're building him up as basically the top face underdog of WWE right now. With I him being with him being in this bloodline storyline. Him in the bloodline is really the only thing I think anybody's cared about for a while because it's good. Because yeah. it's legitimately good it's, and it's yeah. done well. Yeah, thanks, Paul Heyman. But like thanks, Sami Zayn for being able to talk. <laughs> but to turn negative just for a quick but yeah. if they sell to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Sammy's going to be asking out of that contract real quick. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because he already doesn't go over there anyways. Yeah. But let's... Moving on from the ugly. Yeah. Let's talk some good. What are some good thoughts about 2022? Is there anything that like sticks out like that you enjoyed? Uh, a match? A pay-per-view? A, a certain wrestler that, that you enjoyed? Uh, I mean, for me, the return of Bray was was fun. The the whole build up to that with the the little white rabbit teasers and you know getting people involved, not yep. just from inside the arenas and auditoriums where they're having the shows, but from home with the little QR codes and whatnot that you could try and figure out what the next step was. You know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, that that right there has kind of held my interest over the last few months, waiting to see what exactly they're doing with this, you know, with the the potential of the Wyatt Six or a cult following or, you know, who the hell is Uncle Howdy. Um, I feel like it's been going on for a long time. It it has. And, I mean, he's, <laughs> as far as I know, he's wrestled once at a house show 
Yeah, yeah so I think far. he wrestled MSG over the holiday weekend. Yeah. So he's he's had one match so far since he's been back doing all this. Kind of scared about this pitch black. I want to know more about it because I don't understand. You guys remember the red light cage match? Unfortunately. It wasn't the worst thing Bray Wyatt did on his last run. No. No, definitely not. No, that one intrigued me a little bit, but then, yeah, it just, everything stopped. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm very curious what the hell they're going to do there. What were they getting at? Yes. Now, it's got to be... I, I like the fact that they're doing something with L.A. Knight. Again, I don't know what his role in all of this is, if he's just competition or if he's going to end up in this little faction that possibly happens, what they've got going on with Alexa Bliss, with her reaction to the little Bray Wyatt symbols Symbol. that pop yep. up where all of a sudden she goes immediately crazy again, sometimes without even seeing it. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of potential, and I want there to be an actual good ending to this because Bray has not had good endings in a lot of stuff. The Fiend was laid to ashes. Uh, his original run just kind of went flat and dead. And Yeah, for all the love that people had for him, it's never delivered whether that's his fault or not. And it'd be nice for it to deliver because otherwise it's like, do you get a fourth chance? <laughs> He didn't ever need to be in the title picture as when he first came back as the Fiend. No. But he was so over yeah. that Vince just went, okay, yeah. Sure, why not? That's good shit. Just yeah. sell masks. That's good M- shit. Mankind didn't, didn't really, you know, Mick Foley didn't need the belt. He had, like... I mean, he was a complete... by the When he was Mankind, he didn't need the belt. But then they turned him face and he became kind of the ultimate underdog. Yeah. But he never had the belt for an extended amount of time. No. Just him winning it and the elation that everybody got out of it. I remember how I felt when it happened, and that's all anybody needed. They just needed to know that it could ha- that it like feel like it could happen. It happens. After that, you're good. You just want it for him. It doesn't have to be fucking you know six hundred day champion. He just uh, he just needs to you know the underdog just needs to win. It's Rudy. It's the last ten minutes of the game. Just put him in. <laughs> Just put him in, and that's that'll make us all feel good. And then the credits can roll. We're good. Oh, Rudy, good movie. Um, on the WWE side, uh, I think at least when he was able to wrestle, <laughs> Cody coming back at WrestleMania. It feels like it's been so long, but like. That's the thing I'm most excited, interested about is and what then, happens when he comes back. And then obviously him having the match with Seth in the Hell, Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. which is Three. just insane that he did that match with the Torn Pack. Yeah, it's such a great visual. It is forever a wonderful like package. Like I mean, when the guy comes back, everyone will get their pants and cheer him. Yeah, or no, he went for WrestleMania. So. Actually, had this thought the other day, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have actually said this, but if I had told you at the beginning of 2022 that Steve Austin was going to be at WrestleMania and Cody Rhodes was going to leave AEW and go to WWE as the American Nightmare, and neither one of those would be the biggest story in WWE <laughs> in 2022. Like, 
Yeah, neither of them are. Yeah, Austin came back and it was a good feel good moment. Cody came in, but he felt like as soon as he showed up, he was gone because that injury just happened so quick that it almost feels like it didn't even happen. I forget about it, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm excited for when he comes back, but it doesn't even feel like he's part of the company because it's been so long. Yep, and it makes me wonder. What will his matches be like with other people? Because so far they were great. Has, a few of them were wonderful. Has he only wrestled Seth since he's been yeah, back? Seth, okay, Seth was only, he had, had any other. I mean, he may have had a match years. on Raw or something like that in between, but I, you know, it's a TV match. Yeah, in WWE, which means absolutely nothing. So, but yeah, just like looking back, just thinking that the whole Vince thing, him leave, and now like we're literally at the beginning of 2023 and. It, we're already like, oh, he's back. Ooh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember... Um, so I, I think when the whole Vince thing happened, they had already announced the Raw that was going to be in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And I think all three of us looked at each other and were like, nope. Nah, we're good. But then the whole Vince thing happened and Triple H took over. And we were like... Well, yeah, SummerSlam happened and it was okay, enjoyable. Yeah, the but... uh, first match was great. Becky and Bailey was oh wonderful. I was I was very uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, that was one of the, my I didn't watch a whole lot of WWF this year, but I remember tuning in for that match and being uh, pleasantly surprised. I was like hell yeah, this is this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> but I mean. The change in direction at least got us into the into the building to watch a Raw. Because I literally was like, I will never... After the SmackDown experience that we had, yeah. I was like, there is no way I'm going to sit through a three-hour Raw. Oh, yeah. I sat and, The two-hour one was bad enough. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I sat through two SmackDowns in 2021, I think. Uh, one in Tulsa, one in Oklahoma City. And... Or, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a 2020 into 2021. I mean, either way, I, I gave them way too much money for shows that I would immediately put at the bottom of the the podcast list of do not watch this. <laughs> or maybe I put them at the top of do not watch this because they were just dog shit. The experience itself sucked. But then we went in the Triple H era and I had a good time. Loved it. It was a little better. Plus, we got free tickets. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so that seats. helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid for the raw if, after watching the show. I would oh, yeah. have. I would have yeah. given them money. For yeah. it. I would have paid what I paid for front row seats for the SmackDown shows for the seats that we had because you didn't have some you know dickhead in front of you telling you to sit down, put your hands down, don't look that way, stop looking at me, uh, making some kid cry because he was too big. Uh, you know. 10-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever he was, too heavy, and the person back uh, in Gorilla made them bring him uh, a t-shirt to put on because he was too big for the tank top he was wearing. Oh, Even Jesus. though This sounds awful. Yeah, it was it was a shit experience, yeah. and that's, that's part of what keeps twinkling in my brain uh, after the announcement of Vince coming back is, are we going to go back to the same shitty shows that we've been watching all those years before? Are we going to have the same frustration that we do if we go to a live event, or will things stay the way that they are right now, where they are more enjoyable? The superstars are having more 
opportunities and actually enjoying themselves in the ring or at least appearing to enjoy themselves as opposed to just getting out there, forgetting their lines, fumbling over some scripted thing that they're supposed to say or, you know, being buried because they're a small guy. Well, not bad WWE. <laughs> let's talk. Let, let's move to Japan. Yeah. Let's see one place that, that, I live anyway. That's Michael's <laughs> love. Uh-huh. Um, uh, this year, Japan, New Japan has slowly started to open up a little bit. Um, some highlights were Best of the Super Juniors this year. We had some new talent in there. Yeah. There was uh, Ace Austin, who I really, really enjoyed um, in the ring. Had, uh, you know... It was just an, a nice him and uh, L. Lindemann, I believe, were my 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 two like kind of like you know favorite new things in Best of the Super Juniors this year. Uh, G One was bigger than normal, yeah, and it wasn't bad, but we haven't got we haven't topped the like twenty nineteen G One since uh, the, the, COVID. The pacing. Because since there was four groups, yeah, and, four blocks instead of and two, and not having, instead of having each group go one night and then another group go another night, it was kind of like all interspersed. So the schedule was weird. Yeah, if you're a bit of a nerd, it's it was kind of harder to like keep track of. Yeah. Instead of like you know, knowing exactly like what I'm what what like yeah what's gonna be what's on the what's the what's the stakes in this match yeah. kind of thing. Storylines are harder to tell with four blocks. Exactly. Um, but with Wrestle Kingdom just happening uh, and there being cheering, it seems like that this year they will have the opportunity to do even more uh, because it's been really tough for a fan of that company and for the wrestlers in that company for yeah. the last two years. And I really and feel like they're kind of moving to their a new stage. Absolutely. Of... Because they have a few, like, f- four young guys that have been young lions or on excursion over the last couple yes. years. Coming back, and it Coming seems back. like they're actually going, like putting stock in them. Ren Rita just had a match with Zack Sabre Jr. on Wrestle Kingdom. And if you look at the Wrestle Kingdom card, I know it's technically 2023, but uh, the card is missing... So many guys, like Tetsuya Naito, Hiroshi Tanahashi, didn't have singles matches. Yep. Ren Narita had a singles match with Zack Sabre Jr. That's proof that, that, like, that Ren Narita is going to mean something in the near exactly. future. Uh, so that's, a, that's super exciting. Um, and then, you know... Umino, yeah. got, Umino was in the Muda match, which is a yeah big, you know... That's the word I'm looking for. Uh... Putting some sugar on him, you know. The, the, yeah, yeah, it's a, a yeah, yeah, the rub. The That's rub. the word. <laughs> the rub. They put the rub on him, um, and yeah, it's like he's gonna mean something. And he also was next to Tanahashi, and he looks like a young Tanahashi. Exactly. And Tanahashi is slowly moving to what we call dad status, uh, and maybe Tanahashi wins the belt one more time, but I don't see him winning the belt for one more time for a long run. No. It'll just be kind of a, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you're the guy that kept this thing fucking alive. You're the fucking ace. You're the ace. This is your last... But, and he can totally do it. The guy always delivers uh, in a big spot. He's older. Might have no knees, but he's got more knees than uh, the great Muda. <laughs> that is definitely true. <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, him standing next to Umino, or Umino standing next to Tanahashi, it's like, yeah, this guy, they, yeah, he means uh, a lot for for where they think they're going. They're they're uh, in with the new, not necessarily out with the old, but uh, it's definitely a, a new crop. Also, they just, uh, Kenny Omega just came back for the first time in over two years and had a match with uh, Will Ospreay. And it was basically the main event, because as much as I love Jay White, uh, that title match was not the fucking main event. Cause... Okada and White had, it was very much like uh, Jericho at the Toronto WrestleMania when uh-huh. Rock, and, Rock and Hogan went before them. Like, if they had known the reaction that Rock and Hogan were going to get, they would have put them on last. Uh, Kenny and Will, their match was just so good. Yeah, it was insane. That, like, they had to know it was going to be good. Though. I mean, I think everyone <laughs> knew it was going to be good. And Okada and Jay, they put on their typical match. And they it was it was very it was, very good. It is a if you were to go and watch that match by itself. You know what? It's not though. It's not fresh. It is because it, it's basically the same match that they always do. It, they didn't really, other than them stealing each other's finishers, which I don't think they've ever really done. I don't think so, no, because I got excited about it. I remember being like... like it's oh, literally the yeah, same match yeah. that they've done the other six times, basically. They've kind of added on a little bit every yeah. time, which yeah. is what they do in Japan. They they try and do that. So, yeah, all about callbacks. In, in, a, in, a, in a tunnel, Okada and Jay is a very good match. But it following Will and Kenny did it no favors. Yeah, day it's uh, it's it's day old bread next to uh, bread right out of the oven, man. <laughs> like it's just yeah, like this is. And then uh, the other thing is, like it shouldn't. Omega and Will shouldn't be the last match. I think the title match should always be the last match. So they did it right. It's just you know. It's you fun. always you always want your championship match to be last. It has to be. I think it's silly. But it also on. needs to step its game up. Yeah. And, um, I mean... Because there's, defi- yeah. there's definitely some shows that we've watched in our time of doing this that, like, the ma- the show's good, and but the heavyweight match, like, probably shouldn't be the last match. No. It's like, it... I think that... It should be the last match, but it's not always the best match, is the way that I would put it. Yeah. Like, you want it to be the best match, but I feel like it should always, if the heavyweight title is on the line, it should always be the last match for good or bad, personally. But uh, it does make it difficult for um, those guys. And I'm interested to see what happens with Jay, even though I had no interest in what Jay has been doing, because he hasn't been doing anything. Uh but I'm excited for Pan opening up a little bit. I'm excited to see Omega Osprey 2, which will have to happen. Um, That's definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, MJF, because I'm always interested in what MJF is doing. Yeah, MJF, Brian Danielson, 60-minute 
Iron Man match at their next pay-per-view. I mean, yeah. That's, Please and thank I, you. I'm, I'm intrigued, definitely. Um, a lot of people are out there saying MJF doesn't have it have it to be able to go 60 minutes. I'm like, he went 45 with CM Punk. Like, also... I feel like he can, he can find 15 more minutes yeah. with some sniveling, coward... Cowardly heel shit. Also, how can you even say that? The man doesn't wrestle that often, and, and for good reason, because he's a heel. He's like, I wrestled seven matches this year. Yeah. He's like, you'll be lucky if you get fucking six next year. That's heel shit. That's wonderful. And he's in, obviously in great shape. He's not, uh, like, he is the maybe the only man keeping up kayfabe in all of wrestling right now. Yes. Yeah. And that's why he deserves the goddamn belt. Yeah. <laughs> because Absolutely. he fucking lives it, whether you love it or hate it. He he does it the the right way and the way that I'd like to see it happening. We all know it's predetermined, but we I don't want I don't want like Chris Jericho every time he does something he immediately talks about it. It's like it's like oh I had a match and then I also had a special where I explained the match. Like remember that old thing where the guy wore the mask and was like exposing magic. It's like. This is how we did mat. This is how you do all the magic tricks. And he has his voice all. But Chris Jericho is just doing it with his mask off and being like, "Oh yeah, this was my wonderful idea uh, that I had." And it's like, it's not a wonderful idea after you fucking just. Why can't you just live it? We don't need the book now. Give us the book in ten years, fifteen years, even a year and a half. Give it some time and treat it. Treat it like it's... If you tell all your stories right now, nobody's going to ask you after you're retired. Exactly. Treat it like it's fucking real. Please well, and thank you. Speaking of AEW, I guess we'll include ROH in there too, because they've pretty much been one and the same ever since Tony bought it, which, once again, that's another story that, like, that would probably be a pretty big story in wrestling in 2022, if not for the Vince thing. Like, yeah. The Vince thing is going to overshadow everything because it's just, holy yeah. shit, because like literally everyone's like, hell will freeze over or he will die before he is not a part of WWE. That's like literally what most people think. Oh, yeah. That's what I told my nephew. I mean, that's why it was such a big deal when he went away and it's like, oh, well, he's back yeah. because he's gonna... hell didn't freeze over and he did not die. He's going to come back, he's going to make the sale, and then he's going to die soon after because WWF, WWE is and has always been his lifeblood and if it's completely gone from him he can he can rest he will be no more <laughs> yeah but looking back at some of the stuff that has happened in i mean mjf obviously is a huge thing that's happened um the cm punk I mean, uh, you know, shit, we didn't even bring out. that up. They all out. Didn't even bring that up. And that was the biggest news until the Vince thing. And, uh, yeah, those are... I mean, I, think I would say they were happened, tied. I think it actually happened after Vince. Did it? I, th I think so. Things, I think it was, like, literally, like, within weeks of each other. But yeah. Like, but, yeah. CM Punk and the Elite get into a fight, and they're both suspended. Obviously, the Elite's back now. Yeah. Uh, Punk, 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 Punk is on, injured. He's on payroll. He's still on payroll. So, who knows exactly, and supposedly he's working out. There was pictures of him that just popped up that he's back working out, so... If CM Punk if that back means... as a heel, uh, I might tune into AEW Weekly. Man, he's a good heel. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. But, but who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. We, we literally don't know. I mean, if 
everything that I have heard about it is true, which there's two sides of the story, Mm -hmm. always. CM Punk just kind of pulled some CM Punk bullshit. Yeah, but I'm team CM Punk either way. (laughs) But I don't think you like the Bucks and Omega as much as probably I do, so... I mean, I uh, like Omega in Japan a lot. I don't really... I didn't... I haven't loved anything... I haven't loved him in AEW, and uh, the Bucks are too short to be the Road Warriors. (laughs) But... Uh, you know, uh, they're they're all great wrestlers. Oh, yeah, yep. they, they can all put yeah. on a great show. But yeah, Kenny Omega as champion during the his time in AEW. That's honestly what made me kind of stop watching it because I got bored with Kenny Omega rules the world. But I I also didn't really watch him that much. Prior to AEW, I mean, we so all, we can all agree that his run in Japan, Japan, his Japan run was much better. But he's much more interesting in the chase and being the the gaijin, uh, you know, the the white guy in Japan uh, was more interesting as far as story than being goes. the top guy. Yeah, yeah, like he's yeah. Then that's yeah. That's I mean, we we that. we all understand in wrestling that being a good wrestler. We we enjoy good wrestling, uh-huh. but there is more, is to, more to being a top top level superstar. Yeah, than just the wrestling. Yeah. CM Punk like, can't do what Kenny Omega does, but Kenny Omega can't fucking talk to a crowd the way that CM Punk does. Correct. He <laughs> it's like he, he, he yeah. cannot deliver a no a good promo. I don't. I don't think he's a good promo. Really, uh, maybe, I mean, he's better than some people, but he's not—he's not compelling the no. way that MJF, CM Punk, or even Jay White is more compelling when he actually has something Moxley, to say. Danielson, Daniel like, we, we can—we can literally yeah. run off of. I mean, this is the reason why Don Callis is with him, but they don't ever let Don Callis talk either, other than on commentary, and yeah. that's basically—he's basically like a step above. The, the guy with the face mask and the spray. Yeah. He's basically a step up. What's that guy's name? Not Michael Nakazawa. Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler. Yeah. I'm glad you knew the answer because I would not have been able to help you. <laughs> yeah, For I'm good a, reason. I'm going to be in the elite watcher, so. Yeah. <laughs> but looking at the sum of AEW, like some of their matches, including ROH, obviously Moxley had a great year. But Dax Harwood, possibly, he he was up in my top three of wrestler of the year for yeah. this year. Because yeah. FDR versus the Briscoes, all three matches were tremendous. They were appointment viewing, which was difficult. I didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of appointment viewing personally in wrestling this year. Those were appointment viewing matches. It's like oh, uh, if. If I'm, if I'm home, I'm going to make sure to watch these matches live. If, I, if I'm not able to, I'm going to watch them as soon as I possibly can. Uh, but they were the ones that were legitimate appointment viewing for me uh, as far as wrestling went. It's like, okay, when's the date for that? Let me put it in my calendar and uh, try to watch it live if I can. And I watched two of the three live. So, you know. Nice. 
Which one did you like the best out of the three? One was the most exciting. I think three was my least favorite. Uh, so yeah, I probably go one, one, two, three. But they're all they were all, you know, I didn't get I didn't after two I wasn't like well I don't want to see three. I still yeah. made it a point to uh, make sure that I saw it. But it's hard to it's hard to remember exactly. One obviously was the most exciting, and I feel like two was. Uh, probably, you know, up there. But, I mean, one was a surprise. I mean, I think we all kind of knew that FTR and the Briscoes could have a good match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you knew they were going to throw it out. But for them to, like, just blow it out and be like, oh, this is a match that you need to watch. Yeah, you could show that match to somebody that doesn't watch wrestling and be like, hey, watch this, uh... I know you're not. This isn't your thing, but uh, if you've got 20 minutes, you might really, you might really uh, enjoy this if you allow yourself to, you know, to uh, take it in without, you know, doing that cynical, non-wrestling guy thing where you're just like, ah, oh, you know. We then get to the second match, which is a best two out of three falls match. Mm-hmm. Which so the hype for that one is, like, I know I was super looking forward to it. And I think it exceeded my expectations. Definitely. So I think I like two slightly better than one. I think two is a better match than one. But one does just come out of nowhere. Three. Through the roof. Like this is going to be like the greatest tag match of all time. Yeah. And I... Just didn't love it as much. Well, I mean, it's like, okay. It's still a really good yeah. match. First match is a tag team match. Second match is a, a Iron Man. Two out, three, two, out three. Two, two out of three balls, not an Iron Man. And then the last one is a double dog, dog collar. And I'm like, double dog collar feels a little like two dusty roads for 2022. You know what I mean? It feels a little too like, uh, and it was, it was good. But uh, I think I would have preferred to just see these guys have uh, a tag team match. I don't know what, if, what gimmick I would want I mean, to put on that's it. that's the thing. But is they had like, to build up, I guess. I think any other gimmick that they would have done would have taken away from the wrestling of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the only other thing I can think of them doing is maybe a ladder match. I don't want that. I'd rather and have the I don't need to see those, those two teams in a ladder match. No. That, they, they're not the kind of teams that you want in that kind of match. No. I mean, also for FTR, I mean, those three matches alone, but then FTR also went over to London at one point and faced Ozzy Open on Royal Quest. And kind of going back, Ozzy Open has like been like this new breath of fresh air in the tag division yeah, they for kinda... me. Like they came into New Japan before the pandemic. The pandemic. And then they And got, then one of them got hurt. Okay. And then they were just gone for like two years, basically. Yeah. And then the they members. just they, they just kind of showed back up at the beginning of this year. They joined United Empire with Osprey. And they had and like those three guys had some awesome six man tag stuff that happened throughout the year. They had a one with the Lucha World. Brothers yeah. and Pac on AEW. That's right. That was awesome. Then they set up the whole Will 
Kenny thing, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally called it, like, as soon as yeah. they won the match, I was like, oh, they're setting up Will and Kenny for Wrestle Kingdom. And that's what they did in their six-man tag for these trio belts that happened. But Ozzy Open and FTR at that Royal... Like, I honestly say that that might be my favorite match I watched this year. I uh, Even with the FTR Briscoes being brilliant. They're brilliant matches. But the Ozzy Open match might be my favorite. I did not watch the Ozzy Open match. I didn't. I think Royal Quest was a fight TV thing. It was, but it is on. It is on World at this point. And I uh, I need to go back and check it out. Some other matches that I can think of that I really enjoyed: uh, WWE Gunther and Sheamus. Yes. Gunther finally actually got to show what Gunther can do. Yeah. In a outside of in a WWE match. Yeah. And it was good because I've only ever really seen Gunther as Walter fighting guys that were like a foot shorter than him. So it I mean, was good to it see wasn't... him in there with somebody that was more his size that could actually brawl. It wasn't him and Ilya good, but it was it was really good. Yeah. It was good it was really good for a uh match on a WWE branded uh yeah. show because those Ilya matches were incredible. Yeah. Going back to Wrestle Kingdom of twenty two mm-hmm. Okada and Osprey. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the best match of that Wrestle Kingdom, and probably, and it's considered by uh, Meltzer to be one of the best matches. You know, if you follow Meltzer, that kind of thing. He, it was the highest rated match that he gave all year long, um, up until Osprey and Kenny at this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom or up to Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, um, but. A match that I'm sure some people probably didn't see was actually Shingo Takagi versus Tai Chi at, um, it was a Taka... Taka Tai Chi Mania? Taka Tai Chi Mania. I need to watch that one. I really liked their, um, what did they call it? The, the where they did all, how many counts? No, well this one was a last man standing yeah. lumberjack match. Um, they also earlier in the year had a, uh, 30, um... A thirty count, where they they pinned them and they just kept pinning them for, and they counted for as long as they did until they kicked out. And once someone got the thirty, yeah, it was which a weird was a gimmick. It was a weird gimmick, but it's cool. But it, it makes was sense fun. when you see it. It was fun, but this one was just a last man stand, so they had to pin them and then a ten count basically. But that match, like Michael can Michael knows this about me. Tai Chi was like lower level New Japan guy for me whenever I first started watching. And I've just, my appreciation for Tai Chi has grown over the last couple of years. Shingo Takagi is probably my favorite wrestler in New Japan. Uh, he's up, I mean, him and Will last year. That wasn't yeah. this year, I guess. And that match just, like, I was not expecting anything out of it and love that match as well. Yeah, those guys have a good chemistry. Absolutely. I think that's kind of our thoughts on 2022. Yeah, I'm honestly pretty excited for 2023. I'm excited for Cody coming back. Uh, excited to see another Royal Rumble here in a few with, weeks. Uh, MJF. Always I'm, excited for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, legitimately interested in uh, the Bloodline. When was the last time the like the quote unquote top thing in WWF was the best thing? When was the last time that was kind of happening? 
I'm a little worried where they're going to go for WrestleMania and how they're going to yeah. do all that, how they're going to make it make sense. But in Hunter, I trust for now, <laughs> for, yeah. for the most part. So we'll see. But we just wanted to jump on here, give it's the beginning of the year. We like to spew our thoughts about right. it. Chop it up a we little bit. talk man. about stuff that's happening right now instead of always talking about stuff from 20 plus years 26, ago. 26, 27 years ago. Yeah. You know? It's always fun. But hope you enjoyed this show. If you do, go out there, please. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. And uh, Tell us your five-star match. Of the year, what did yeah, what, yeah, what, what, what did you what, like? you what did you enjoy in twenty twenty two? What did we miss? what did you yeah. what are you looking forward to in twenty twenty three? Worst match, Where's random it? match that you think we just need to check out just because? Maybe there was something in Noah or CMLL that uh, we, we didn't see. It wasn't on our radar. Yeah. We we don't really talk Impact here, so if there was something that happened on Impact, it'd be news to know. I mean, <laughs> Josh Alexander just uh, became the longest reigning Impact champion. Okay, yeah, see. Congrats okay. to Josh Alexander. Cool. Yeah. Nikki James is still going strong. And he strong. had like a 60... Like, there was a match that they just put on Impact. I'm like totally already did the goodbyes, but I'm going to mention yeah, this one. Yeah. They did a 60-man Ironman match, uh, Josh Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey. Two incredible wrestlers that don't get... They're super underrated, basically. Because no one probably knows really who they are unless you're just like deep into wrestling. And supposedly the match, I didn't get to see it. And I, I actually am going to like go back and like find it and watch it hmm. here. Jog your memory a little next bit. Next week, because I probably would have mentioned that match is something that was, that surprised me. Because it's like literally they're just like, this week we're going to have a 60 man Ironman match between these two guys. And it was just like, okay. Because yeah. they're just good wrestlers and that's why they did it. So, but like that, just you can give us some more recommendations we always we always like them join in the conversation exactly talk to us and we'll talk to you next time slide into them dms laters